0: This episode, we are talking about time. Did you know that time is a trippy, hippy-dippy, intuitive concept? We're going to get into sort of what time is and a little bit of the science behind it in this episode, and I am going to start really hurting Jamie's brain. So this is Heatherwood and Jamie Hayhurst, and this is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Okay, Jamie, let's talk about your most favorite subject in the whole entire world, and that is time. Are you ready? No, I have a
1: a knot in my stomach, but yes, let's go. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) I want to say something about the knot in your stomach when we talk about this because I've been doing some deep thinking over the past couple weeks while we've been researching this topic. Mm -hmm. And I have... I have a theory about actually why you feel so uncomfortable and I feel so comfortable. And I think it might help people as they listen. Cause I'm going to guess that they're going to fall in one or two camps.
1: Okay. I have theories too. So I want to hear yours and then compare it to mine and see oh, how it shakes out.
0: <laughs> that's very exciting to me. Okay. I love that. Okay. So I feel like when I study anything that is trippy in the fact that it like It doesn't really make sense in the quote unquote real world. Like we can't scientifically explain it. There's things that are like jumbly about it. Like it makes you question everything. That is a comforting feeling to me. And I know it's a very uncomfortable feeling for you. Yes. But I think this is true for empaths. And I think we all sort of have this kind of extreme reaction to stuff like this And I think that you fall into one or two camps. And I think what's going to be fun about these episodes on time is that you're going to hear two extremes of these two. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Me loving it and you hating it. 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 For me, and I want you to tell, I I suspect why, but I want you to tell why it's uncomfortable for you. But um, I feel like my entire life, Jay, I have been trying to like, disassociate with all the crazy paranormal stuff that just feels real to me to sort of like function in the real world. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? like in order to have like a, a very muggly existence, I have to suspend thoughts and things that I know a lot to sort of operate that way, right? And when there's something as, um, quote unquote, basic, time is not basic, but like basic as far as like how we, we view the world as time, and, and you look at it just even a little bit deeper and realize that it's so crazy, that yeah. makes me feel better.
1: No. <laughs> yes, it does make you feel better. Yes, that makes sense to me. I totally get that. It has literally the opposite effect on me.
0: Okay, so tell us the effect on you because, again, I think this will be helpful because I think people listening are going to either really relate to me or really relate to you. Probably not as extremely as both of us, but, like, to, how does it feel for you? For me, I feel
1: like you know, it's sort of like the front of my brain, like, my sort of initial thoughts are that my my body just literally tends to try to tap out of it, which If I think about it, it's that I understand that there's something much deeper going on. There's a lot more sort of like behind the scenes happening. But to your point, I think it feels like it should just be basic. Like time is past, present, future, and it is what it is. And um, it, it literally create, like my ego stops. It puts like a wall up for me when I try to think about things like this.
0: Don't you think that as like an intuitive, empathic person, and especially as a kid growing up, you have to adapt a survival technique to live in a very muggly, ego-based world. And I think some of us grabbed the technique of like, I will just sort of like shift my perception while I have to, and then sort of like enjoy living in a different space and others of us that's me and then others of us like you were like i have to disconnect from that idea because it's too hard to function knowing that
1: yes and i think that when we go through these episodes when we talk about the time travel um it's almost like my ego reads it only as science so it's like this should be very easy Mm-hmm. But it's actually the opposite. It's very complicated. It's very layered. Um, and but when I find that I can't put it in that like science box, my ego is like, nope, we're we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna try to like grasp what's happening here because it feels it feels like really weird. <laughs> honestly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if anything, when you turn to science to explain time, it makes it worse because. Yeah. Science is like, time doesn't make sense. Time is trippy. Like, so it really does create that feeling that you're either going to really love or really find uncomfortable. But I think both of us feeling differently is actually going to help people go along for the ride a bit easier because wherever you fall, you're going to hear a voice speaking for you. <laughs> you're going to hear my voice because I'm going to have
1: questions, lots and lots of questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay. I first want to just say that I'm wondering if when people hear that we're covering the concept of time, if they're going to be like, that's not like an intuitive, trippy, paranormal subject. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would just like to say to you, just a simple Google search will show you that this is the trippiest of concepts. Time of all the things I have ever studied and looked into, all of the rabbit holes I have ever fallen into, which you know, Jay, is a lot. Right. This one is the one that breaks my brain every time and is the most beyond quote-unquote normal that I can find. Right. Okay. That's saying a lot. Okay. I even saw, Jay, and I, I, I promise I won't get into trippy definitions for you because let's keep it together and you'll leave this recording That's if I do. But one of the things I've watched an entire video series, Jay, not just one, series on the argument that time is actually a dimension, Oh, uh, <laughs> no,
1: yes, no, yes, no. See, that's what happens in my head. I'm like, no, and I'm like, yes, I agree. And then I'm like, no, I don't want to think about it. No, right? Okay,
0: I won't go further with that, but I will just say for my fellow seek comfort in the weirdness of time, go look at that because oh my gosh. But basically, Time does not fit into how our minds work. And it, we, we want to measure it and like put it in a box so badly. And we really just can't. Even the greatest scientific minds can't do that. Right. Exactly. So I'm going to read you the official definition of time. Are you ready? This is like the Webster's Dictionary definition. Yes. Okay. It's the indefinite, continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, and future regarded as a whole. Hmm. Okay, I got it. You haven't lost me yet. Okay. So I would I would just say that definition is not Anything that, like, if I read that and I was thinking, like, I was reading, like, an old pagan witch's book about magic, I would think that's what I was reading. Like, that's not a science explanation. No. Yeah, no.
1: It's a, more of, like, a conceptual definition.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you two quotes from two of the smartest humans to have ever existed about time. Okay. The first is Aristotle, and he said, Time is the most unknown of all unknown things. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <laughs> but part of me
1: also wants to be like well no it's not unknown like it, it happened it's happening right
0: that's it right well we're gonna mess with that in this episode <laughs> i know i know okay einstein said the distinction between the past present and future is only a stubborn persistent illusion hmm interesting <laughs> I I like the way that you just said interesting because I can feel how much you hate that quote. Well, I like anything that has to do with stubbornness and I, and that's sort of how I feel about
1: this, this concept. So that is ringing true for me, but I don't want to really look what's underneath
0: that. Okay. So you're cool. Time is a stubborn, persistent illusion. Like I could put that on a t-shirt for you and yes. you would it, like that. It's just peeking behind the curtain further where you start to get a stomach ache. Yep. Okay. So, speaking of your stomach ache, there are two sort of ways of looking at time. And it's that time is linear and that time is nonlinear. Now, believe it or not, it's not like there are two camps like, oh, all these people believe time's linear. And then all those people believe time's nonlinear. It's not like political parties right now where you're one or the other and there's no in between. Right. But. They are very different ways of looking at stuff and no one can really, everyone agrees that they're both true, but no one can really figure out like the the nuts and bolts of them. <laughs> gotcha. I mean,
1: obviously I've already said that I believe that time, time is linear. I'm assuming you're going to explain how it's not.
0: <laughs> I'm going to explain how it's both. You know what? I'm not going to explain because I watched a lot of videos about, um, the theory of relativity. I watched so much quantum physics, thinking I was going to be able to come on this podcast and explain to you and everyone else this is how time works, people. No, I still have no idea. Like I, I, I consider myself pretty smart. I can't, I can't explain it to you, but I am going to give you some of the concepts. Gotcha, okay? gotcha. So, time being linear is the idea, idea that time moves in one direction. Okay. So that, the, the main principle of that is that the past is influencing the future. You with me? Yes. Do you believe your past influences your future, Jay? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Okay. So nonlinear time says that your future is also influencing your past. Nope. <laughs> I remember the first time I said to you, that I thought time was a circle, not a line. It looked as if I had just, like, asked you to sacrifice your firstborn child. Like, you hated it. I think we need to, like, I need to stop this for a second
1: and, and interject and say, I'm a mom. I've raised human beings, you know, mostly to their teens almost. I have a college degree. I completed it, like, have a diploma somewhere in a box in the attic and so I don't want you to think (laughs) as you're listening in your car or as you're doing the dishes that that I'm a dummy and not because I actually care about that but I don't want you to think I want you to understand that this is
0: like that's how complex this
1: concept is
0: I also want to say to that, Jay, that I can throw the trippiest of things at you and you can hang. You will take the ride. You will go for it. You are, you are open. You are down. But the second I start talking about time, you're like, get away from me. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs>
1: right. And I'm, I'm also happy to talk about it, but I'm also very happy to be like, I'm I'm getting what you're saying in theory and I'm, I'm going to like walk through this story with you, whatever you're trying to explain to me, but it does I'm also going to be really honest with the fact that I'm not actually sure how that's actually happening, but I'm with you in, in the story. You know what I mean? Or in with you in the circumstance. Totally.
0: You know, I, I think that people need to understand that we are both very intelligent human beings. <laughs> <laughs> we both struggle with this concept And we both have different feelings about like, I love it. You hate it. And like, that's all okay. (laughs) Correct. We'll be right back after this short break. The idea that time is nonlinear, meaning that our future is influencing our past, is something that has been proven in a scientific experiment in quantum physics. So I'm gonna give people something to look up. I had all the intentions of like explaining this experiment to everybody, but I'm not I'm not even gonna try. It, it's stay too it's, stay it's, back from it. Yes and I think you would all glaze over because probably everyone doesn't find it as interesting as I do. But it's called the double slit experiment so if you want to look that up, look it up. It proves two things so I'll reference it again. But basically it also proves that we have free will. Like there's there's the idea of determinism meaning that like the future is fixed, you know when people ask us Jay like to read their future as if they don't have any control over it. This experiment also proves that there's free will. So this is a big experiment. So you can look that up if you want, but it proves that our future is influencing our past in this crazy experiment. Okay. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I'm not going to describe it, but it has to do with like light and sound waves and how they mix and how they sort of react to like forming a formation based on stuff that's already happened in the future. It's, it's crazy. Check it out. Google it. Right. Okay. But that while we give people's brain a break about science, I want to know your theory on why why this bothers you so much, why time bothers you. So, so I
1: think to my point about like saying like that I'm smart and I have a college degree, I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's the fact that there's actually so much intuition involved in how time works and how energy works. So if you want, I think it's easier for someone like me to think about energy, right, as like a as a healer, as a Reiki practitioner, I think that it becomes less sort of mind splitting when I think about energy like that. Um, I think what the problem for me is that for people who don't know my life history, (laughs) um, like a lot of people out there growing up, I had to stifle and quiet my own intuition for whatever reason. And I think a lot of us do that without even knowing it, and into very, very different degrees. Heather, I know you've spoken about how you had to do that. Um, I definitely had to do that as a child. I had to just literally turn off um, my intuition and my ability to perceive and receive information. And so I think for me, as the work I've been doing on myself and growing and learning and evolving, is that time for me is that if I actually stop and allow myself to grasp this concept I'm going to have to level up in my intuition it's almost like my my ego knows once you figure this out then you're then you're taking that next step in intuition and that feels really scary to my ego so for me it's like once i crack open the door of time and understanding that that's actually like not a huge hit of science in like academic learning, it's actually going to be a huge
0: hit of intuition. I totally agree. And I, I love that. And I love the way that you explained that. And what I'll add is like, I remember the, to- the first time that somebody said to me, like in this sort of phrasing that that they were like, you realize that we live on a big sphere that rotates a a burning star that flies through space and you literally have stardust in your bones and you're worrying about x y and z like and I, i felt like so comforted by that because i was like oh yeah like the world is crazy trippy the world is like bigger than we can like imagine and we make it small to make it more comfortable for ourselves and so to me that was like a, a statement of like relief and I think to a lot of people that's a statement that's like okay I can't turn back once I fully dive into that so my ego is going to really hold me back from like fully accepting that
1: agreed 100% I feel like you do the work on your own intuition, and, like energetic stuff that's contained inside your body and your life. But then once you start working on things like time and energy, then you're talking about the entire existence of mankind. I mean, it's a much like bigger idea to grasp and to sort of conceptualize in your brain. So it's easy to get sort of, and it sounds, I know it sounds silly to be like, that's scary. Obviously it's not scary, but to your ego, who's trying to protect you, who's trying to keep you safe that's a lot of intuition. that's a lot of intuition. It's very powerful and 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 that's good, but do I feel
0: fully capable of managing it right exactly it's like it's like sometimes you know when you see a movie and it like blows your mind and you you like like that your mind's blown, but you also wish you could go back in time before you saw and knew that information <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yes. So I think that that's what, so it's not about intellect. It's not about smart. It's not about anything like that. It's about whether you're willing to sort of reframe how you see everything. Yeah. Every Like in our, in our, in these other podcasts that we're talking, our other episodes, we're asking you to reframe how you see America or patriarchy or your holidays. This, we're asking you to reframe how you see everything Forever,
0: back fo- backwards and forwards. Literally, the fabric that runs your life. We're asking you to suspend how you look at it. That's right. A- hence the resistance. Hence me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one more thing, and then I'm going to get to a part that I think you'll actually like, and also will add to the explanation of. Why my personal theory as to why you find this subject uncomfortable, you specifically. All right. (laughs) I want to (laughs) know. So, the one more thing I'm going to add is that I want to tell you a little bit about what it's like when you intuitively read people and what time looks like there. Because I think that it can, like, sort of help people um, imagine that, like, time might not be something that um, really runs the way we think it does. Right. Now, this is just how I perceive time. Now, I remember, I know you've heard me talk about this before, but I was talking about it once. And usually most people are like, wait, what? But your daughter, Jamie, was like, yep, that's exactly. And she like added things. And I was like, see, like, it's not just me. (laughs) No, absolutely not. It's definitely, it exists. Okay. So when you go to like use your intuition, so you're, you're moving away from your ego, you kind of have to push your like logical stuff over to the side when you or when I go to do that, again, I don't want to speak for all intuitive people, but I'll say for a lot of us, when we go to need information. The way that you energetically are reacting to things that have happened to you, it doesn't come across like a a timeline that goes like in a straight line. It goes, it comes like all these things stacked on top of each other. So like Mm -hmm. if something happened to you, let's say you're, you want help, like shifting the way that you think about money and you want to manifest more money. When I tap in to see what's going on, I can see things that happen to you when you were two, something that happened to you when you were 20, um, something that's happening to you right now. And they all look the same. They're on this, they're sort of like stacked on top of each other instead of like running in a straight like timeline. And so you have to, as an intuitive person learn how to figure out where certain events go in someone's life to figure out how to help them. Otherwise it looks like everything that's ever happened to you is happening to you now because that's kind of how energetically you're reacting to it. Does that make sense? Yes, and
1: isn't isn't that how you would probably explain something like PTSD that something that happened in the past is so traumatic that it's reading as current. Your body's reading it as current.
0: Exactly. It's you're currently still reacting to that. And and time time when it comes to like your subconscious does not operate the way it does in your conscious mind. So absolutely that's that's exactly right. I just saw you do your slightly discomfort move. <laughs>
1: My, that was my I had a realization and it irritates me oh <laughs> Something like uh, with energy healing and how sort of maybe a way to present that would be like how, how we work on things that happened to us in the past but we live in a patriarchal society we live in like um like a results driven society so it's like That's in the past. Move on. Everything is like that was 20 years ago. Move on. But the things that happen to you, your body, your subconscious is still reading and is present. So it's there's nothing to move on from. It's still here in this moment. And that's also like how we love to dismiss and, you know, laugh off like inner child work because you're you were a child and now you're an adult and you should probably just move on or like, you know, better now. But if that was something that happened to you in your childhood and you're still processing that energy because according to your subconscious, it's still happening now, then you have to deal with it.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. 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 True. I think that is such a great way to explain it. And also, Jay, a perfect segue into what I was going to tell you about time that I think you're going to like. So you had this realization at the exact perfect time in my note taking. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Okay. So time itself and the concept of time isn't really a problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. Measuring it is the problem. Yes. You with me on that statement? Yes. Okay. So we used to live back in the day, again, throwback to our like pagan ancestors. Mm -hmm. We used to live sort of ruled by how the earth and the moon and um, the seasons and astrology like those were our ways to measure time we just sort of were a part of it right like we when the sun did a certain thing we're like this is the time to do this we weren't sort of obsessed with like um, oh it's it's two o'clock You know, I should have had these 18 things done by two o'clock or whatever. It was just like, oh, this is the time. And we were we were measuring it based off how it actually works, right? Like we were going, okay, the earth took a trip around the sun one year. Right. (laughs) Not the calendar says this. Does that make sense? Okay. The Gregorian calendar says it's right. Exactly. Okay. That changed big time. When we started to be a culture obsessed with productivity. Exactly. Okay. So productivity is just sort of like, and measuring productivity is something that happened when we started to have other people work for us. Okay. Okay. So when you you were, when you were like kind of a survivalist, like you were, you lived in your village, you did your thing, you sort of relied on each other. There wasn't really a lot of like employees that makes sense. Correct. Right. Exactly. Your family were like blacksmith or, you know, the local witch and the, you know, your family helped you get the but like it wasn't like, you know, I would come over and like work your field. Like that was just something you did. Does that make sense? Okay. When we started to change in how people work for us is when this big shift in how we measure time really came in. And it became really big in the industrial revolution. So time being measured by machines, not nature, is something that dictates our lives today. And if you want to see some really amazing debates about if that's a good thing or a bad thing, head over to YouTube, do the Google. Like, I got to say, I think we got to start reconciling it with nature a lot more. This disconnection from nature is a big deal. Yeah, no, I mean, things are scheduled down to like, five 10 minute increments you know mm-hmm. and and think about think about your the idea of productivity and its effect on like your own worth right that was not a thing before we started measuring time like this right exactly
1: exactly not how much it's like it's like how much did you get done before five o'clock how much how much longer do you have to be here to get more done
0: Hmm. And this is a direct influence from the industrial revolution. We're not living in that time anymore. We're not in the time where like the, the biggest way that we move our, our world forward is by like assembly lines. Like obviously that stuff still exists and there are still companies like that, but we don't exist like that anymore. But we still follow this time model of like, you have to get X amount done in this amount of time done in this exact way and even to the point, Jay, that like our school systems run this way. Like we teach kids based on a grading system that's based on the industrial revolution, like grade A meat. Like that's how we still work. I will reel myself in from this tangent, but I'm just saying this is a big deal. No, I, I agree
1: with you. And I think a sort of a side note to that is that if there's anything good quote unquote, that's come from this pandemic and this like the craziness of the world right now is that I think people who normally wouldn't have had these like thought processes are realizing that they don't have to be in the office 10 hours a day. They don't have to be, they can, you know, do a little bit less work, do a little bit more like they can sort of reshuffle their Um, priorities and still get the job done. They don't have to be a slave to the clock or a slave to the man or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, But I think people were sort of forced to switch their lives around a little bit. And they're seeing that it can actually work and be better. They can
0: be happier. Yeah. And that productivity, meaning the amount of work you get done versus the quality of work in life that comes out. Just like you're saying, it's being kind of that the old and again, this is a patriarchal construct idea of like work your ass off, like in either an assembly line or a corporation or wherever. And like get as much possibly done. Doesn't really matter like what you're bringing to it energetically as long as it gets done. It's breaking down for us. Right.
1: And I think it, we're being forced to look at it. Exactly.
0: All right. I want to give you some interesting like time facts. Mm -hmm. So the Egyptians are friendly friends, the Egyptians, obviously they made the first clock. Okay. Okay. So they did it using shadows and the way that the shadows fell around the clock broke down into a system of 12. So they broke the day into 12 parts. So that's the 12 hours. Okay. But then they got, then they got to nighttime and they were like, Hmm. How do we measure it now? So they based it on the constellations they could see and which ones were rising at certain times. And there were 12 of those that they tracked. So then night was also 12.
1: Ooh, nice. Like sacred geometry.
0: Exactly. Our, our Egyptian and Babylonian ancestors were obsessed with, um, the number 12, mm-hmm. everything on that. And there's all kinds of things. I fell down this rabbit hole. I'll spare you, but I'll, I'll quickly summarize that <laughs> there are, they think that it's because of this, the cycles of nature and the moon cycles that they would pick 12 and sometimes 13 as ways to measure stuff. Gotcha. Makes sense. They also, there's a theory that, like, based on the joints on your hand, you can count 12, like, your four fingers and the three, so that they might have used that as a way to count and based stuff on 12 as well.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Big Babylonian influence on all of this stuff. There's also debate on, like, was it the Egyptians or the Babylonians first? And, like, there's all kinds of stuff. Like, wait, how did everybody know all this stuff and, like, people weren't crossing paths? But, like whatever consciousness knew it there's lots of cool stuff about that too that you can find out um the time was once measured by water dripping into a bucket because it would like consistently drip and when the bucket was full an hour went by there was that's pretty cool i think that is cool i think the sound would drive me nuts but i think cool right and the greeks were the first to the concept of actual fixed time so they took a circle they divided it into 360 degrees and then they take took from the 360 60 minutes for an hour and 60 seconds for a minute that's credited to the Greeks and then getting time to be incredibly accurate is something that was done for scientific accuracy like they wanted to do experiments and so that's why we have that not to make sure that like we meet at the exact right time for coffee or to say like you should have got more work done. It was to to like conduct scientific experiments. Right. For anybody who doesn't agree that time is magical, I would just like to say that the biggest way we measure time is using a quartz crystal hooked up to a battery. So step off. Well, <laughs> excellent point. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
1: There you go, everybody.
0: (laughs) Um nature, did you know this, Jay? Nature doesn't care about our clocks. Yes, I have discovered that. (laughs) (laughs) So the way that the moon um the moon's effect, like the moon's pull on us, uh, if there's an earthquake, gravity from other planets that like enter our atmosphere or get close enough, all affect how we rotate. So that's why we have like leap years there's all kinds of time controversies there's like we have to make up 11 seconds here and there like it's because nature doesn't give a shit about our time measurements
1: yeah and your body is also a microcosm of that like your menstrual cycle is like your own personal version of that
0: yes and there's really cool stuff too about like um the rhythm of your heartbeat and what it's aligned to and like all of that there's so many cool things about that how like your Your being is connected to like nature and the universe's time, not the clock, correct. that makes a lot more sense <laughs> all right. I'm going to leave you with one more thing about just like the background of time
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and it's going to hurt your brain, so I'll purposely say it and then leave you before I hurt your brain more in the next episode. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, yes. Time and consciousness work together. They cannot work without each other. And both of them are probably the top two most like misunderstood or not understood concepts ever. Agreed. (laughs) Agreed. Right.
1: Yes. I agree with you. That doesn't blow my mind. That makes me feel better.
0: Okay. That makes me feel better. I, I think that. I think that what I have learned from talks is that it isn't the fact that time is trippy that bothers you. It's the fact that once you realize that time is this like animal that cannot be caged and cannot be described and cannot fit into any boxes, that that's where we start getting into like squirmy Jay.
1: Yeah. And that we've been taught that time is, this thing like you said used for productivity used for like keeping the second of the minute you know when actually it's can be used for so many other things but we're taught to see it as this very analytical tool right but really it's the opposite it's the tool of intuition
0: exactly exactly i think that if you can just say time is this thing that even the most brilliant minds don't understand and that I realized that, like, it's sort of running my life a bit. And, like, if freaking Einstein and Aristotle were like this, we don't get this. I'm right. not going to, first of all, try to master it. But I'm also not going to just, like, be run by a clock that some guy invented to tell me what I should get done by a certain time. Exactly.
1: Right. Maybe pick and choose. Like, you got to have your kid to school at X time. So you're gonna you're going to follow the clock on that but maybe not use the clock because you have to get this amount of work done by this time. Like where you, where you can be flexible about it, be a
0: little more flexible. Exactly. And also don't just look at the clock, like look outside. (laughs) Like what is, what is the sun doing? Where is it in the sky? What, what moon phase are we in? Like what, how many moons have we had this year? Like know that kind of stuff. and, And not just because like, trippy people like you and I intuitive girls like that stuff but because it actually makes you feel a lot better to know that stuff absolutely
1: it definitely there you go
0: okay I want to continue hurting your brain about time and I want to hurt it so bad that I'm not sure you're going to hang in for the whole time so I think we'll do that in the next episode what do you think All right, I'll go take a nap or something or get a coffee and then
1: we'll keep going
0: sounds perfect. All right. Thanks for listening, Jay. I'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode for show notes and a place to send feedback. Please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitive girls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitive girls.